Discussing documentaries with Rick Wharton and myself, Matt Wills. Today we are dissecting our first Louis Farouk documentary. This is our first, isn't it? This We've is done the first. No other... This is the first. I've been serving and... this like a fine bottle of wine to crack open Louis oh, Farouk. Okay. <laughs> I always knew if Matt if Good. Matt had a choice that was too bad, I've got just a big cauldron to dip into and go. There's some nutters. We can look at these people. Well, Louis Farouk is prolific as a documentary maker. The bloke works hard, incredibly hard. And the one we're going through today is Louis Farouk's Altered State, Love Without Limits. It's from the year 2018. It's available on BBC iPlayer. The director, it's his normal director. He's got a few he works with, Aaron Fellows. And uh, we've no idea about the money for this because it's BBC. So it's our money, Rick, and it's being spent well in this instance. And what accolades has it got? I can see you asking me there, Rick. I can see it in your face. You want to know about the accolades? Show show me a weird sex thing prize. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. It's the BBC. So they they don't go out for prizes. They just go to do good work. That's all they're about. And here's the blurb. Louis Farouk travels to America to visit a movement seeking to rewrite the rule book on how we conduct intimate relationships and experience family life with a look at polyamory. So, uh, this seemed like a bloody weird choice, Rick. I'll tell two reasons why. One, I don't like Louis Farouk. He creeps me out. <laughs> I don't know what it is about him, but, but he scares me. Whenever I do one where I go, that's a banker, we can have a laugh about this aspect. <laughs> Matt, from episode one of Timothy Treadwell on onwards, I, I just know that this is going to be a weird one we disagree on. Now, that wasn't the thing I thought we'd disagree on. I've never heard someone go, I hate Louis Theroux. That is the first time I've ever heard yeah. that. Well, hang on. Well, it's not that I hate him. He's probably... I mean, I watched a Bake Off episode the other day where a woman built a cake looking like Louis Farouk. The guy is adored. I don't say I hate him. I say he scares me. He gen- he gives me the, the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> Suppose I, I can't tell you why. If, if Louis Theroux's in your house, you're being made to look like an idiot, whether you know it or not. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> He's not popping around just for a cup of coffee and a chat, is yeah. he? He's coming around to destroy your, what everything about you. I wonder what it's like to be his friend. It's just, <laughs> he comes around, you're like, <laughs> I just struck me cat normally here. That's normal. All right, I'm not being weird with it. Everyone struck that. Part of me worries that that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing about this particular documentary, I found this really difficult to watch uh, because I come from... Uh, a really insecure place as a as a person in relationships until I got sober. Now I, I just don't give a toss. But before then, I was so insecure, I probably demolished every single relationship I've ever had. And that's part of the reason. So watching this was, and polyamory, if you don't know what polyamory is, it's where you have multiple partners. Poly being many, I guess, or more being love. 
I'm guessing. Um, so this was freaking me out because it tapped into every single relationship insecurity I've got. And they handled it as adults. And uh, it really, I found it really uncomfortable. And I shouldn't do because I'm an adult, right? In an incredibly secure relationship. But yeah, it really did it. I was really uncomfortable watching it. I really surprised myself because I thought I was over all that nonsense. Turns out Louis Farouk has just taught me <laughs> that I'm not. See, the first time I watched this polyamory back a good couple of years, when it first came out, it's only been out a few years. Um, yeah, yeah. Part of me was just like, God, that would be amazing, you know, the whole this, this revolving door of different partners. Now as time's got on a little bit and, you know, I've had a bit of introspection during lockdown, I thought, it would just be loads of people nailing me, girlfriends. You'd get so many more people than me. I can't. This would be one of the most depressing things ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Well, then your girlfriend would have something to compare you by. And we've already established <laughs> in previous episodes that me and you are not exactly what you'd call boyfriend of the year. So, you know, you get this other fella or this other woman turning up to satisfy your girlfriend physically, emotionally, you're out on your ear, son. Me and you are not going to make it. I could just imagine the negotiations, right? You can have a Tuesdays, but you have to listen to the work stories Thursdays. (laughs) 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 No one's going to want Monday night after that weekend. Yeah, the day's work. Well, here's the thing. I just imagine uh, so you the docu- sat there for pet look on and you'd pick someone taller. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, you'd have to go out and meet some. You'd have to meet people as well. I, I don't want to date. I think that's I, I, one of the reasons I hope I die before my missus is the fact I don't want to go out there and meet anybody else. Because it just seems like a lot of work. I, I've been in a relationship 12 years now. How long have you been in? Uh, 13 and about 13 years. About 13. So we are exactly beyond like a huge boom in internet dating. Internet dating existed, but it was yeah. never the Tinder swipe left or swipe right generation of when I was dating. It was literally like three months after I'd met my partner is when my friends started using that stuff. And I think it's destroyed their brains when it comes to dating. Well, I've never dated in the first place. The only way I've met... So I've had five great loves in my life over the space of 31 years. Um, Shira, Bobby Robson, uh, Kevin Key. (laughs) (laughs) Pablo Zabaleta. Never forget Zabaleta. The the dog Um, in our last. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've had five great loves and four of them I met through alcohol. And now that I don't drink, How would you meet another person? I have no idea. What do you say? I I just wouldn't have a clue. I would be awful. Here's my my unique selling point, but sadly it's a bit late. Every single one of my exes, so all four of them, after we split up, they went on to meet a person and have babies, and that became their forever person. Right. So effectively, once you've dated me, you're guaranteed to have kids and happiness. That's the. <laughs> what do I put that on a Tinder profile? After being with me, success is just around the corner. I will help build you back up to the point where you're ready to find someone to make you happy, <laughs> not just to be with anyone. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I so I just hope I die before my missus. Or if she dies before me, at least I get access to that final salary pension. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. Well, can you teach her how to use audacity in case of you gun first? <laughs> <laughs> Because we've already got your replacement lined up, we got your dad. But yeah, who's uh, yeah, who's going to cover my missus? To be honest, I think you could just me rather. You could just edit in me from previous conversations, and it'll still work. (laughs) Isn't it mint when you was evil? (laughs) (laughs) So, what did you think of this documentary then? So, I've told you some of my insecurities, which weirdly enough, I couldn't have shared that years ago. Like I've just shared to you, I could never have said that. Yeah, um, I understand what you mean because one of the main protagonists in that reminds me very much of a an early and first girlfriend, which I, I believe we've had to cut stuff out about her in the Kirkman episode. <laughs> <laughs> well remembered, because because if you're a guy who's just happy to be in a relationship, and like I I don't know, I think I'm very much of. Did you ever play The Sims? Ever see The Sims computer? No. Game? I've seen it. I'm, I'm, I've got a rough idea. It's a it. weird analogy, right? But in The Sims, you'd have two people in a relationship and there'll be a score of where they're at, friendship level or love level. And, like, to be honest, okay. main priority for me is maintaining, like, a positive score with that. So whatever it is that keeps us going, whatever the problem is, I don't give a shit. Let's just, you know, it's fine. I, and one of the early people that I, I dated, I could very much see being shoved into a similar situation because we meet Heidi and Jerry, which are two main protagonists. And Jerry was the one that I thought we would have um, conflicting opinions on. I'm waiting for your opinion on Jerry as you're looking at me there, Matt. Oh, right. Um, I had conflicting... Sorry, I I thought I made that clear. I had conflicting opinions on everybody. I I became a Victorian watching this. (laughs) It was terrible. You're all going to hell, god damn it. <laughs> I became so prudish. So prudish. I, I, I just, more try and just work I, out. I didn't feel comfortable with any of it. I enjoy trying to work out people's motives in a documentary. That is something that's came up a lot during this. I like, you know, someone's trying to get across an opinion and someone's trying to maintain a status quo, but... Louis Theroux's brilliant at just asking enough questions, politely, slowly and calmly, yeah. where they're out of yeah. order not to answer it. And you can see the eyebrows tighten a little bit when they get asked. Oh, God, so, yeah. So you meet Heidi and Jerry, and God, and Heidi has been explaining uh, she's got a boyfriend called Joe. Yes. And Joe looks like um, Dr. Robotnik from Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> or the Eggman. I, think oh, I wish I got that those. reference. Looks exactly like that. But he looks like a fucking Humpty Dumpty teenager. Comes around with his I work in a skate shop goatee and just like nails Jerry's wife yeah. downstairs while he has to go upstairs and it's not their time together. And they go through well, how... What's the it... thing? Heidi and, Heidi and Jerry have been married for 16 years. Yeah. And it was Heidi who suggested it, not Jerry, that she wants... And it's not just a lover she wants, right? It's not just, this is not just about sex. There is the British side of you that thinks it's all about sex. It's not. Heidi was saying that Jerry didn't meet a lot of her mental needs. (laughs) That's a great way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that way. But but you know what I mean by that. That that, that is exactly (laughs) how I would describe that woman, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, 
she, her, her story of getting into it was uh, she start, she reached out to an ex online and she thought, uh, do you know what? I, I want to see more of this person, but I don't want to feel guilty about it. <laughs> so I went upstairs. It, that's it. It's it's cheating with without. Um, it's cheating with approval. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, if everyone's cool with it, like there is a household that within this. Jerry isn't cool with it. Exactly. This is what is fascinating about watching these two. Because Louis owns it. Everyone hears it. You hear how Jerry talks. Listen to yeah. his voice. He goes, uh, yeah, well, Heidi came to me and she said. <clears throat> and you hear him composing his breath on everything. Cause yeah. He's about to start screaming. You see his eye twitching because he's like, why am I on? If, is my life not humiliating enough without me being on fucking television <laughs> explaining why I'm okay with this? Yeah, and Jerry's got to go to work, right, and then look his colleagues in the eye. And you know what? And he works in IT. I worked in IT for 30 years. And as much as there's a lot of people who are spectrum-based in that industry, there's also a lot, like every industry, there's a lot of piss takers. And you know Jerry's going to be at the coffee machine and someone's going to have a pass the number over. Hey, give this to Heidi, will you, Jerry? I'm I'm free every other Wednesday. It's when my missus goes to Zumba class. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and it, again, I, it, you don't believe it at any point that Jerry's happy with what's going on. No. And... But whereas Joe, her lover... For want of a better word, that's that's used the term lover, and I know that's not her current lover. Because for me, I imagine the breaking point because it, Jerry loves her. Jerry loves Heidi. All right, he is Jerry loves so, Heidi so in love with her. They've got a twelve-year-old daughter, and she's came and said this, and it must have been such a big immature thing to let her go and yeah. accept that she's exploring this. And it's like and yeah. it didn't work out with him. So I'm going to find someone else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If it was like this true love thing or this exact, it's not. It's just being with someone other than Jerry. And they go online, they find a group with words like compersion and whatever and little catchphrases that make it seem like, Jerry, you're in the wrong if you've got a problem with this. Here's what I think. Here's what her needs are. She needs a boyfriend, she fancies, and she needs someone to pay the rent. Yeah. Yeah, Jerry meets a lot of those needs. Her the, her lover also has a wife who's got no problem with releasing him. That's I, f- I found it all weird, all of it. Uh, I wasn't, and here, here's the strange thing. So he interviews what is it? Three different couples. Everyone is set. Uh, sorry, everyone. It's based in America, and it's set in Portland, Oregon. Go Mavericks. Oregon is. A very open-minded state. Yeah. You kind of think of California and San Francisco as being like a really open-minded place. That's got nothing on Oregon. Oregon is very far ahead of its time. Do you know what they did last week? They legalized psychedelics to help with PTSD and depression. Nowhere. Yeah. This is a forward-thinking place. That's just from patients having all their Mrs. Bangover people. Those who don't want to warge you up get to do some acid. They, they legalise psychedelics because Jerry just needs some happiness in his life. <laughs> he's like one of the Jerry's guys... Jerry's got some feelings. He, honestly, his tone of voice is similar to... There's a Netflix show called Mindhunter. 
where they go and they interview the first right. serial killers and they build up like profiles of what makes a serial killer. But how soft spoken these guys are about wearing the mom's dress and driving around with her head in the fucking passenger seat is exactly how Jerry talks. Just like, and yes, yeah, sometimes I'll need to come downstairs and I can hear, you know, what's going on. So uh, I'll make a loud noise. I'll, I'll announce myself. <laughs> <laughs> And then Louis just sat back and you can see Louis just like, I'm going to make him unravel, but I'm not going to be a dick about it. That's the beauty of him. It's Louis. He's just like, hmm. See, when you say that, Jerry, <laughs> he's got his and company line. he's so line. British and polite. Yeah, but everyone has a company line. Because if someone asks me this, I'm going to say this back to them. And then you go, hmm. But I do wonder. <laughs> he's always got. He's always got. I've, I've had a thing that I've said for years that like I would happily vote for any politician that would let Louis Theroux follow them round for a year. Oh, now that is a good idea. I would happily. I would trust Louis because it'd be like, uh, David, do you think you should uh, allow people to vote on whether or not to leave the European Union without understanding the impact on society? No, no, two sugars, please. I'll wait. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for your answer there, David. It's a, it's a fair question. Um, you cornered in. You have to answer your actual opinions on this one. Otherwise, you're clearly <laughs> avoiding the question. But he does it with like his British politeness. I think that's why I find Louis so uncomfortable. Just Because he, he trained under Michael Moore, didn't he? I didn't know that. You told me that. Yeah, well, that's what friend of the show, Ozzy Sarah. I've just got a weird, some weird Shaolin temple where there's a lot of dandruff. <laughs> 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 there's uh, Michael Moore, and then it goes up a level to Werner Hotzdog. You know, the guy who did Grizzly Man. Um, and they're there teaching Louis the ways of the documentary maker. For me, Louis is the only documentary maker I want to see on camera. Oh, really? Michael Moore can do a voiceover. Don't need to see his pudding face being rude to the ambassador of Romania. But you, Werner Hodsog, trying to get emotion out of that fucking friend of a friend of Timothy <laughs> Treadwell. <laughs> And then you just got Louis. He's mint. He's I've seen almost everything that he's done, and the evolution of the shows he's done is fascinating as well to me. Because each oh, series, I don't like watching him. Each series, because he's now he, he's got a huge social conscience. He, he goes through, and you see stuff yes. that you don't see, like the heroin epidemic from um, pharmaceutical pills in America. Uh, hmm. You know the prison business, like the private prisons. They yeah. went into, and then you'll I always. I liked his Scientology one. The Scientology one was the worst one, in my opinion. I really, I really yeah. liked it because our going clear Scientology had a lot more meat on the bone, whereas his, he just talked to Marty Rathbone, and they reenacted what they did. Which I, I still liked because he didn't get to interview anyone within it. But there was a, so much in the going clear. I preferred that one. But every every season, you'll do one where it's just like, look. I've had to speak to dementia patients. I've had to go through dignitas of people of euthanasia. We're going to see some weird sex people this week, guys. <laughs> I'm going to say Genuinely find it uncomfortable. Here's the note I made. I don't even so like you... having multiple tracksuit tops, let alone multiple <laughs> partners. Do you know how long it takes me to choose anything? If I had multiple partners, I couldn't choose. I'd love, I love the idea that before you were minimalist, you had four women in there and you go, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this just isn't eco-friendly. <laughs> Three of you have got to go, and you do the musical chairs from going clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Heidi and Jerry, and their the lover is Joe Harrison, and apparently he brings something to their relationship that Jerry can't. Yeah. So in my relationship, that's chocolate. That's chocolate brings all of the things I'm missing with my missus into my relationship. There's I, so there's me, the cat, my missus, and chocolate. I that's all I need. By anywhere close emotionally to work out what I bring to the table for my relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my partner, my partner, you give her a project. I I give her updates on the Newcastle takeover. Um, <laughs> uh, I think there's there's people listening to this now going. I'm so glad I'm not in a relationship with any one of these idiots, <laughs> and they're going to be appreciating their partners a lot more. This is almost public service radio that we're doing we're, here. Rick. We're, we're the Scott Curram of podcasts. <laughs> if, if you go back to our Dungeons and Dragons episodes, if you ever, <laughs> that'll make you raise your game in a hurry. But then you go to because to me, Jerry, the Jerry thing—it's sad, and it seems like he's locked in a relationship. He can't get to where he wants, but he can't call time on it. No, because he loves her. Do you see what um, occupation she had by any chance? Uh, yeah, she's she runs her yes because her house is a bloody right two and eight two occupations. Sorry, she runs an online uh, clothes shop. Mm-hmm. Did you see the state of her house? Mm-hmm. That was oh, that was freaking but off the minimalist I'm, in me. If I'm not mistaken, that's a side business. Her actual profession is a therapist. Oh, I must have missed that. Uh, it came up. Slightly in conversation at one point, but again, all that rhetoric she uses, like stroking his knee while saying, "I'm not responsible for Jerry's happiness," <laughs> and if and if Louis isn't out by eight, I'm getting railed in the toilet by this fucking man child coming around <laughs> later. Uh, so what you're saying is, she's you reckon she's manipulated him with her with her degrees and how, how you how you work people's minds. Now I don't think it takes. Charles Xavier, Professor X level of powers to manipulate <laughs> Jerry. Or well, anyone who works in IT. We're just we're grateful for a bit of side boob, to be um, honest with you. Yeah, I, I, again, this is uh, I was beating one or two wrong people away from being like this. I think, <laughs> but it's uh, I, I just you can't believe them on any on any verbal cue, any like uh, facial cue. He just looks like he's screaming in pain every time he talks. He does. Yeah, I thought that. And fair play to Louis just for bringing it out of him. But again... The, the empathy on Louis's face is fantastic. Mm. All right, yeah. He's, uh, you know, Werner and Michael Moore did a, did a number on Louis. He knows. He's learned from the best. I, I, I think Louis's better than both of them because at no point he's he's asking the question you're thinking in your head. He's not pushing them a certain direction. Yeah, it's, well said. And then when they have the daughter again, single parenting, that'll be difficult. Let's keep Jerry around so he can take it to piano practice. Like, but why would you? Why would you tell the world this and have children? Do you know how cruel children are? Why would you announce to the world? That you're in a polyamorous relationship so that all the other kids will know about it in their schools. They are going to rip the shit out of you, man. As well as the teachers. They're going to have a little pop as well. <laughs> Just because it's we, we consider ourselves in our society, we're like lobsters, right? We sort of, in theory, we try and mate for life. 
you, but you don't have multiple lobsters, do you? You just have your one, your one true love. That's well, how it's meant to be. On the in others, theory. on the others, I can see it. Like I can, I, I'm not like this is mental. You shouldn't be doing this. For me, it is the very apparent pain in which Jerry has ended up in. And it's now being like you know having to divulge this to the to to England. Do you know what I mean? It's not even like his own country. Like, that might be one of the reasons why they do it. But my personal opinion of why this is on TV is those clothes in the back. I think it is advert. She thought it'd be advertising for their clothes because they're American, <laughs> and they're like, "We'll get our brand out." I bet there's like two hours of unseen footage of her saying like how compersion is happiness on a t-shirt and then trying to sell that to the other poly guys that just need to show people what thing they're into but i i got no problem with the culture of polyamory providing everyone but i think and and, and again if if everyone's on board i'm filling in gaps but here's what i imagine would have happened i'd be like well you can do this as well jerry okay so on tuesday yeah i'm going around and banging joe so you can't go out then because you've got the daughter uh, Sims Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Friday. You got Friday, but then we need to spend time with me, Jerry. So you stay home. <laughs> it did seem a very imbalanced thing. The the weird thing is, her lover Joe Harrison, his his missus is named Gretchen, and she looks like Heidi. Why would you have two women who look exactly the same in your polyamorous relationship? <laughs> One and, one's happy and, and one isn't. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, they're like the drama mask, you know, where you get the happy and the sad mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his both his women were like that. Because her, Gretchen, her she, you don't tit about with Gretchen. I loved right? Gretchen because Gretchen's tone of voice was an ex- that of an exhausted mother when she was talking to Louis. Yeah. Whenever Louis goes, do you not think that uh, this is happening? And then and she, and she goes, so this is how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I've answered this question Every day this week from my children, <laughs> my children's friends, quite, uh, my family. Quite frankly. Choir practice. <laughs> I don't want to fuck this butterball, but I also can't afford to lose his medical care. <laughs> well, the question Louis does ask Gretchen, and it was, uh, it was quite telling, is why ain't you enough for each other? And then Gretchen says, that's a horrible question. And then he bats it back at her and says, no, it's not. That is a genuine question. Why are you not enough? Because a lot of the planet operate on a one, you know, on the lobster basis. That's my, that's the one I'm with. I'm just going to stay with them. I had a line that uh, never worked as much as I really, truly appreciate it. But it's about a time I stayed at um, a house where the couple were wife swappers. Right. Yeah, so they explained to me that it's not it's it's removing sex from the relationship. They still love each other enough. This is just an activity they do apart and they feel more fulfilled and more closer for it. Yeah, my girlfriend didn't go for that either. Is the fucking is <laughs> the break in between it. Um But hang on, but you must do stuff in your so for instance, you play a lot of NBA on the Xbox or PlayStation or whatever it is you do. That, I, I'm not I don't always listen to what you say. I'm not going to lie. This this shows we're in a proper relationship now. Um, but your missus, she doesn't do that with you, doesn't she? She's not an Xbox NBA person. We fa- she leaves you alone to get on with We it. found a couple of games we can do together, and I have looked. Jesus Christ, have I looked. There, <laughs> there, there was a horror one we played at the start of lockdown 
there was a one called Diablo. And it's funny because I quite like learning how to be good at games and technically like becoming the best skillfully on one. Whereas she wants to look at everything on a map. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't work for you, right? She's messing up it's, your world. It, it was so much fun playing together. But again, I think her play. <laughs> All right, okay. Her playing the Xbox with me is like Jerry letting us missus go and fuck someone. Is as much <laughs> is as much yeah, of a concession. <laughs> All right. What about the other? So, what about the other couples? So, uh... so we leave these two for a bit, and then we meet um, the One Direction looking guy with good hair. Matthias. And he's like in a in a relationship with four different women, and one of them's pregnant. Yeah, and, AJ. And these are the people that I think it suits. Do you know what I mean? Of their age group, of like how they're living, and I think they're kind of in it because they all seem kind of quite ambiguous sexually, and they none of them seems like they're getting hurt. Well, you say that, but Matthias, when AJ, the pregnant lady, takes on another lover and another person in a relationship, Matthias is hurt. He is, he is. But again, in any relationship, you have to take the rough of a smooth. And this is a young guy going, yeah, but I had seven threesomes this week. (laughs) Have you ever had any of your, have you ever had a threesome? No, no. No, me neither, right? Have you ever fantasized about it? Uh, I become too practical. I honestly do because I've even discussed like um, I we on holiday. Me and our last can't even pick where we're going to eat <laughs> without me. On that's why I do all inclusive. Yeah. You you get a choice of two restaurants. It's either that one or this one. Oh. That's it. But um, yeah, I just end up on my knees going pick something. I can get a burger anywhere. <laughs> so like. <laughs> So the idea that me and her would be in a club and then picking someone up, just I, I just don't see it. And then the idea of rules on it or something. I don't know many people that have, to be honest. I don't know. I, I, a few of my mates have, uh, and they're all... Well, all my male mates have all said the same thing, which is it was two women and them, and they said it was just dreadful. It was absolutely dreadful. The first 20 minutes... They are literally high-fiving themselves, going, I'm doing this. And then the next four hours, they're like, oh, God, can we just let's get this done? Come on. Match of the days on, you know. <laughs> Whereas the women on the other side, my women friends who have done it, are like, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm all for it. It's quite good. And they've had multiple men and multiple women. They, they, yeah, they, the women who I know have done it liked it a lot more than the men I know. But the men I know are, they're quite shallow. Yeah, it's so, a status uh, thing. Yeah. It, 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 for them as well, it was because they're all alpha male Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, for them, it was a status thing as well. Did they pay for it or did they manufacture that themselves? No, no, none of it was paid for. It was all consensual. It was all. No, you know, no, so you're saying it was paid for. So, like, you got hookers or it was. No, wh- no, no. It met was, two women. It was. Yeah, yeah, they they were already with a woman, and then they brought up another woman into that relationship. And I think that is the difference between the mental gymnastics that we do, because we hear polyamory and we hear threesomes, whereas there's another relationship. Yeah, to bring into it. Um, I, I'm I'm putting all my effort into trying to make this relationship work. I can't spin two plates. That's not going to happen. I can't walk two beagles. <laughs> 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 I don't know how I'm going to piss off two women at the same time. This is just how can I disappoint all of them? Um, 
that Matthias, one of the women he's with, I sort of rolled my eyes at this because she says, uh, Louis asked her about polyamory and she says, I don't like hierarchical terms. Yeah, I, I wrote hierarchical terms down. In, in your polydynamics, what does that mean? She uses term like loves and sweeties, which is nice because, yeah, she has four sweeties on the go. Yeah, that, that's good if I don't her. mind. But there is, again, I've said this about uh, therapy, which therapy is a very good thing. I want that on record. Friends that I've went to, it's done them the world of good. But couples yeah. therapy, they become a different rhetoric, which is, hmm, how do I call you a cunt, but you can't <laughs> get angry at me? <laughs> I think it's important for me to let you know my feelings right now about your behavior. <laughs> I'm not impressed. And you go, hmm. Oh, it's just kind of gone on about this with Sharon. Okay. So <laughs> let's try and nip this shit in the bud. <laughs> so, <laughs> These, the, the, I feel the younger people just seemed, um, I guess, cooler with it, really. Just like yeah and i'm I'm probably judging yeah, their them. options just... are wide and it does that seems fine to me with the younger people because they all seem very consenting and exploring and stuff like that and then i think what happens yeah. with most of them is what happens to what that pregnant lassie says anyway because she was in she was married in a poly relationship and then they just she just left them for the other one yeah i mean and like i said they were you know she likes the term selected family yeah, I like that. That's fair because you can unselect them as well, right? So, um, yeah, why not? Um, going back to because we keep cutting between the different couples, we go back to Gretchen and the we hear a bit about Gretchen now. She's Joe Harrison's first wife. Now, bear in mind he's now engaged to Heidi. <laughs> Jerry has to pay for the wedding for that one. I guarantee yeah, he's paying for the wedding. <laughs> And she says, look, it's lovely for someone else to take the wheel. Okay, fair enough. Well, she talks about she... a diminished sex drive. Like, I can understand that being an issue and her not wanting to lose her relationship because of that. But she said she had a lot of she had a lot of experience. So she says, you know, I lived in San Francisco. And you're like, well, what, what does that mean? And, and Louis Farouk looks at her and says, yeah. And she goes, well, you know, there's lots of sex clubs in San Francisco. You're like, is there? I didn't know that. It's like Middlesbrough, I guess, in the UK. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, San Francisco is bang on for Middlesbrough. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it is. There's loads of sex clubs in Middlesbrough, isn't there? I think that's the... No, no. There's loads of bus stops that you can feel uncomfortable standing at. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, she said she'd go to loads of sex clubs and she's had loads of, you know, loads of partners and... Yeah, <laughs> just got that. Just got Simon and Garfunkel in me mind, thinking back to the fucking smoggy land that's cracking us up. <laughs> when you're gutted to stop them, just <laughs> <laughs> some IT worker getting pulled off in a Peugeot for twenty quid, <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, it's a lot like San Francisco." This apparently, officer. <laughs> oh, let's go watch the seals next. Um, because my missus then walked in at this point and she says, what crap are you watching now? And I explained it all to her and she said, listen, cheating is cheating. And then she followed it up with the cheating is cheating. And it's just the stories that we tell each other as well as well as ourselves. That should be on a plaque in Jerry's room. Probably is. She doesn't go in there. Sure, she wouldn't know. Because <laughs> she even says they're struggling in the relationship. 
Like there, mm. there is problems and stuff. Like yeah. that, which, which again, not not a huge surprise. <laughs> not a massive. I don't know if you've had ever had problems in your relationship, Rick. But I don't think bringing someone else into the mix is going to help it. <laughs> right? That's not a. Uh, yeah, we're really not getting on right now, so I'm going to go shag someone else. I'll see you Wednesday. <laughs> well, it'll be less hassle and get the dog. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad if I'm not giving my cats enough attention, right? Let alone neglecting my missus. Yeah, I'm. I'm on board. I'm on board of that. And then we meet the the other people. So this is the last of the poly people we kind of meet, as as hearing their story. And the minute I see them, I wrote them down as the Dungeons and Dragons trio. Because yep, I can yep. I can sniff a dungeon master when I fucking see one. And these fucking yep. guys, oh, bless them. Absolutely bless them. Um, and they, they live as a frapple. Mm-hmm. A frapple. I've never heard of frapple before. Uh, no, no, you wouldn't. We, you wouldn't. I think you have to be a part of this society. I think you have to search it out to find people, and then you, if you surround yourself with it, then it becomes normal. There's a really funny documentary because it's got British people on doing this. So it's like a swingers one that went on Netflix. Now it's like a Channel Four one, late nineties at the earliest. So you imagine you do a Channel Four documentary. So that means it's on once at eleven o'clock. Might be repeated, and then twenty years later, Netflix <laughs> bangs it on as new this week. You must be like, "Are oh, you fucking kidding me?" Um, to the billion Netflix subscribers, I have a chance on to watch Planet it. Yeah. Earth, the re- yeah. One of the reasons I bring this up is whenever there's a new documentary like this, whether it's one about prozies or swingers, what I do is since like most people, I don't pay for my Netflix. I'm on my parents'. I go onto um, my mum and dad's profile and I hit <laughs> and I hit a reminder for every single one on Prozzy. Just so, just so me. <laughs> Is this why your dad's living on my sofa now? Is this why? <laughs> uh, my mum knows. Me, me dad hasn't. If it's not made in the northeast or about a certain aspect of World War Two, he's not. He's not watching, so he's free and clear. But I do just like the fact that every time you go, it's all just tits and arse on Netflix, like Netflix. <laughs> yeah, the logarithm, Dad. We're programming <laughs> wrong. Um, so yeah, back to the the drunk uh, Dungeons dungeon and master, and then- Dungeons and Dragons folk. They they demonstrate how they sleep, which are f- like so. They basically all do spoons. Basically, they multiple spoon one another. And I think from a, again from a Christian viewpoint, uh, they're all going to go to hell. Uh, and I'm not a Christian. I'm just saying from a Christian point of view. Um, and they used to have freeway sex, but now they don't. All right, again, why would you have this on TV? Yeah. If that was your reason, which would basically one of them finishes really quickly, and then they make yeah. him, they make him say that on TV. He's like, yeah. Well, well, the other bloke barely says a word. Oh, he just looks like a vacant baby, doesn't he? Just long lasting. Yeah. <laughs> this big grin on him. <laughs> it's Amanda, Nick, and the guy's name is Bon. I wrote. Bob. Is it auto corrected? That yeah, was it, Bob. Bob. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Auto correct has changed Bob to Bon. Yeah, Bob's just got this big owl smile. He comes in and plows his misses as the new person. But um... what do you do? I go downstairs. I I play video games. Oh, mate. Listen, in polyamory, it seems that at least thirty three percent of the people in these relationships are really not happy. Yeah. And then every one of the relationships has a Jerry. Yeah. 
That's that's the I th- I think that's the case. I think one's clinging to make this relationship work, and the other one yeah. isn't willing to cut ties. And in some of them, because I think in that how, that Matthias people, they're all seem about that life equally. Um, in my opinion, the only the, the whole documentary surprised me. Every single time he did something, I I was agape. I really was. My jaw was on the floor. Apart from when Amanda, Nick, and Bob said. So yeah, we played Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Hell yeah! No, that's... I can see that's exactly how it started. They yeah. were around one night, and then Bob went, "Listen, if I roll a 12. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't count. Doesn't count. She's an elf. Doesn't count." Well, he said uh, the double love that uh, she was getting was very helpful for her because she's got anxiety issues. And she does. It, it seems a, a few issues, yeah. like about poor um, negative self-image. Would that be the words? Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Self-confidence. She's, you know, she had none. Now she's got two lovers who give her everything she needs. Self-harming, and the, like, and again, if you miss, a, a, yeah. if you love someone who self-harms, and she's just like, I really need someone else in this relationship. Versus, like, well, is she holding a, a bottle of pills? <laughs> there was a great. There's a great quote in there, which is polyamory is just very slow divorce. I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. Um, but the pregnant lassie, I swear to God, how good are her teeth? Of all the stuff you see in this episode, that is some oh, mov- movie star teeth on that woman. Just absolutely incredible. And she's going on a date with a guy called Q. Q. Yeah, yeah. Big Star Trek The Next Generation fan, I'm guessing. Tell you who he looks like to me. He looks like if South Park's Butters was a person. Oh, you nailed it. That is, every time Super. I saw him, he's just like, maybe I don't mind if you want to sleep with someone else. <laughs> Superb. But who, listen, this is, this is how open-minded the men are in Oregon. He meets a woman who is in a relationship with one other woman, one other bloke who... She's pregnant with that bloke's baby. And then this other guy, Q, says, I'm on. I'm getting on this train. Come on, let's go. See, that is an open-mindedness that I cannot even reach in my limited brain. This is where I began to feel like a missed opportunity. Because what I wouldn't give for this documentary to be set in the Northeast. (laughs) Just, Just a guy sat there. Puffer Jack, this guy. Yeah, I would, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we I, Louis. <laughs> you know. <laughs> isn't this the, uh, that was the basis for the film if... Rita Sue and Bob 2. <laughs> that, that was it. I remember that being like on repeat on Channel 5. I do remember that. Doesn't he just start banging the babysitter on the way home and then they get cool with it or something like that? Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, yeah, the pair of them. Come on, hurry up. It's freezing oh, out here. It. I want to go. Yeah. Um, he then goes to a gathering of couples. Now, th- by this stage, I just want this documentary to end. See, this is the and thing. Then- I look at this from like a directorial. Louis just needs something for the adverts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have that, something yeah. that I can talk over with weird people doing weird things. And they'll be like, yeah, I'll watch that. Louis, Louis's got boobs in his face again. <laughs> so the, the sexy uh, couple, the AJ, Matthias, and the, all the others, they... Um, they go to a sensual food night where basically they f- they start getting naked 
and then they sensually feed food to one another. And Louis Ferrou is involved in this, right? So there's blokes rubbing his nipples. There's women rubbing his hair. They're putting a lot of cheese in his mouth. How does his wife watch this? How does Mrs. Ferrou? It's really funny because he's so British. He even says, after running the past my wife, I decided to go to even <laughs> he included that, which I loved. I loved it. Is that because she'll forget about Louis... it when she questions him about it, when she's watching it? What is this shit you're doing here? Remember that night? Do you remember that night you drank three bottles of Prosecco? And I turned around and I said, listen, I'm going to be in a documentary. They're going to feed me some cheese and I'm not going to have my shirt on. You all right with that, babe? Yeah, go on then, Louis. Here's what I reckon. I think Louis has built up such a stock of trust from, like, I think, like, if you watch, like, the brothel episodes when he has these, like, tens throwing themselves at him and stuff like that, and I think she went through all the footage and went, no, I trust you. That's, (laughs) you did well there, Louis. I trust you. Now, you put me in with a bunch of middle-aged weirdos in Portland. I don't think she's too insecure after (laughs) staying on the fucking, what is it, the the chicken ranch or something in Las Vegas for a (laughs) month. Yeah, he's fine. I trusted Louis. Again, that's why I trust him with me politicians. It, the politician idea is superb. Because, but I find Louis, he was like a um, he was like a good therapist. People open up to him. Yeah. When they he's just, when he's know. at this weird party thing, um, and the reason why I call it weird is the food. I don't I don't like the food part of it. I'd be like, listen, two bourbons and a hand job. Just the food side of things, but. I would be shouting over to people, go, you've eaten with me, you know what I'm like. I'll be like, well, you don't want that, I'll have that, but pass that over here. Louis' period of being one of the givers, so the feeders and the strokers or whatever, he honestly just looked like a divorced dad at a petting zoo going, is is this what we normally do here? I don't know, just... (laughs) He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He was not at all comfortable. We get back to Jerry and Heidi. Exactly, because Louis' like, I've not made this guy... This is the end. This is the closure because everyone's going right. Everyone seems stable. No one looks like they're going to go on a fucking mass rampage other than Jerry yeah. when he finally cracks. So he goes to interview them one last time. And yeah, it, Louis does his best to make him admit. And he, Jerry comes out of his shell a little bit. He, well, he does. He says, yeah, he wants to have a threesome with Joe Harrison and his wife. And it was amazing what he how says. disgusted she was by that. It's the fact that she went, it's never even crossed my mind. She went, really, love? She went, what? He went, if I was to... With you, Jerry. If I was to come downstairs and, you know, be a part of it, even with Joe, because I love Joe. I love Joe. Um, if I, I, I didn't even have to uh, participate. I could just watch and say, I don't think we're going to be doing that, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll raise that in your next therapy session, Jerry. It was her birthday recently, our anniversary, sorry. And uh, what, what, what did you get, Heidi, for her birthday? Uh, I got her a TV. Uh, she didn't have a TV in the uh, room. She gets fucked by another guy. <laughs> and uh, DVD player, 4K. Um, she was very insistent on it being 4K. And then Joe came around. So it was lovely. I've got, I've got, an, extra, I've got, I've got an extra family. Yeah. Oh, Jerry. I've, I felt for Jerry. But everyone else... Yeah, they seemed all right, right? Um, AJ and Matthias, they had their baby. Yep, that's done. They named the baby Elliot, but they decided not to assign it a, a gender. 
You did assign it a fucking gender when you gave it the name Elliot. That whole gender assignment <laughs> out there immediately. Let's just go on the principle. People can do what they like as long as they all consent in and get along. <laughs> Elliot's a geezer's name, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> it's as simple as that. Listen, I, I like the documentary. It challenged what I thought about relationships. Uh, one person's weird is another person's normal. So, hey. yeah, let them, listen, if they want to go and bang multiple people and they can make it work, good luck to them. I, That's all I can say. I would say for me, it made me not challenge. It didn't make me think about it. It made me appreciate mine as opposed to being a teenager wanting as much as possible to, you know, what actually counts in life and what works. This is not something I would go for in the fucking slightest. And I think that's, you know, for me, that's maturity. That's maturity right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, love? We I'm, are so grown up. I, so grown I up. I would prefer it if you didn't bang over people. And I'm <laughs> and I'm big enough to say that. <laughs> I was thinking about uh, what would happen if I died earlier. Because um, we're watching. Oh, you're the a happy guy. Jabez. You like a happy, yeah, oh, yeah. happy guy. Yeah, yeah. I used to take over my brain all the time. Was oh, it Afterlife? Yeah. So Ugh. we're watching Ricky Gervais's Afterlife, which is superb. I disagree. And I'd I'd want um I'd want my missus to you know I'd give her seven days to mourn if she wants, and then yeah, let's get get back out there. Go on. <laughs> you know, because I'll be dead. And and if she wants to do polyamory then with a load of people, knock yourself out. I don't care. As long as one of them can edit Audacity and Rick's happy, then <laughs> as hey, we've worked out, that's all we I, really I, need. I'm going to go on record and say, me, me, me and your half, Matt, have got a much similar taste in documentaries. This this show would fly a lot more <laughs> quickly, quicker. <laughs> if we can get the technical side done, we would... <laughs> we would really get into Robert Birchold and what he meant by doing this and that. Whereas... Oh, you are documentary compatible with my missus completely. Yeah, oh, Dad, we want we want to see the two are monsters. We want to see the sadness, whereas you want to be lied to. Yeah, I, I want to go. Just watching this because it's all set in Portland, Oregon. I just wanted to watch the battered bastards of baseball again from episode two. This is that's a all I way, wanted to do. We're better documentary than the battered bastards of baseball. Oh, shut up! You're talking nonsense. Well, we're give me a better. score then. I'm giving it a What's solid score. Wow. Louis Day, it's short. There was not a boring part in it. We were able to talk for the length of the documentary and have a laugh throughout it. It had some interesting talking points. You got to see, yeah. the, you know, like different ways of living. And again, you get to see people try and lie to a camera to justify <laughs> <laughs> what they're doing. I don't know if I'm just trying to be, like pass a lie detector at some point in my life, but there is a thing of like, yeah, okay, I'm just going to stand by the door while you talk to me because I don't want to be in this fucking building. Um, I'm happy, yeah. That's my responsibility, I, not hers. It's not her fault that I cry myself to sleep every night. I found it incredibly uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. I didn't, yeah, I didn't realise I've got all of these hang-ups in my head. Uh, clearly, I have. But the fact that he had plumbed straight into those and pulled on all of those little threads in my brain, you you got to give him... Uh, he gets an extra half a point for that, but I'm only giving it three and a half. I just, yeah. <laughs> like, it was all right. It Don't rolled on right. it to wasn't... the next through episode on iPlayer for me, which was about um, assisted suicide. 
And the opening... Now, okay, I'm on board with that. And the opening okay. scene was uh, him going through the pills they've just got through the post for the assisted suicide. And I thought that is far less depressing than Jerry's Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your score? So, yeah, three and a half. A so three and a half. That's a, so, that's a solid seven and a half. So it sits bang on in the middle. Um, I would recommend... Listen, I, I find him uncomfortable, Louis Farouk, but... I, I think that's because he's good at his job. He's the only guy I've ever been starstruck by. Like I've said on the podcast before, saw him at Clapham Junction. I was like, <gasps> there he is. <laughs> and I honestly went, he really walks like that. <laughs> and how tall is he? He's a good he looks tall. six four, six five, I think. Yeah, yeah. Six foot five, you say? Well, all right, he's a lot. Is that much saving our jobs again? There we go. <laughs> so, sorry, Rick, give a score, and then it was just dead air for two minutes. I got a message about that. Um, yeah, but when when I saw Louis through walking through Clapham Junction, I I did want to walk alongside him and just start justifying my life like he was interviewing me. He's going, yeah, yeah, I love being a man of the people. You know, I could have could have got an Uber, Louis, but why wouldn't you take the train? Like the common man. If and if he just looked at me and then turned around and went "fuck off," you'd be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Your I've never Farou heard, told I've, me to do I've one. Never heard him swear, but I have heard an interesting thing from a guy who worked with him, which was he did an episode on trans children, which is like preteens deciding they want gender reassignment. And the guy who filmed some terrible thing, who was a lovely director, but the show wasn't, yeah, I'd rather blow my brains out and do that again. Um, he uh, told me how, like, Louis holds back on his opinions, which, again, isn't a surprise. But he, to get an impartial interview, he will hold back his feelings on something. So people will open up to him more. So Good. on some of them, there were... Like he's done some crazy ones, and you'll be like, "Mm-hmm." And how does that make you feel, as opposed to being like, "What the fuck are you doing?" But that's good. That's good, right? That shows how good he. That's how committed he is to making a good documentary. A, this is not going to be the last Louis Ferrou documentary. Oh no, no, no! And I have to now pick someone, so it doesn't seem like I'm only into the weird sex ones. Because uh, there's yeah, the suicide. Let's do the assisted suicide. Oh fuck that! No, no, no. Oh, we have on, so much fun ones we can laugh at. I am going to put you through <laughs> misery. You're not up for us. Misery. Oh, okay. I'm going to drag Come you on. through, Matt. I'm. You can't handle 22 hours of making a murderer. <laughs> you. Is that are, how long that is? I can't do that. We'll, we'll let's be, let's watch be, Michael it, Jordan. It will be split between seasons, and you'll do an hour a week on it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We're doing. Sund- I'm, I'm Sund- terrified about the jig. Sundland till I die, which is practically assisted suicide. We're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have so much fun, and we need fun ones when we go. Thank God, I'm not this person. And there will come a day when we meet Lake Palmer, which may be my favorite on-screen documentary personality I've ever seen. And I was upset. Oh, what's that out of? It is in the Louis Theroux Tie Brides episode. Okay, and it's right, just that's... someone who just cracked me up from how he was and how he tried to present himself from the off. <laughs> Lake Palmer. Lake what a great Palmer. Name. Yeah. So, right, let's <laughs> wrap this alert. up, my friend. Not a great person. <laughs> <laughs> I've um, I've spent some time with a guy who uh, took a Thai bride out in Thailand, and uh, 
it was an incredibly great deal for the pair of them. They were both very happy with it. Men. He was three times older than her, and she loved him very much. Well, I'll tell you what, we will do that episode soon because I want to hear that story, but not waste the anecdote. Um, yeah, okay. Um, just quickly, before we finish, yep. um, thank you very much to everyone who's listening. We've just heard that we have surpassed 1,000 downloads, I believe. We have. Which I know I've at least done 450 of those, matched another 450 of those. So the 50 that haven't, you you make it all worthwhile, you. guys. If you could like, subscribe, uh, leave a review, uh, mainly about Matt's technical editing abilities. Um, and what else? Nailing it over here. Also, if we release this before December, which I think we will, because this is going to be a bonus episode during lockdown, if I'm not mistaken, we can chuck it in there. Yeah, maybe. For, yeah, yeah. And uh, if you want to see uh, Matt or myself perform in December, if you've got a one-off comedy on Facebook, there is events currently up where if it uh, then gets pulled, you will get a refund. But yeah, we're, we're back on the road in December. Uh, that's one-off comedy on Facebook. Come on down. They're great shows. Well worth every single penny. Uh, wear a mask and be vigilant because, uh, yeah. Yeah, and laugh a lot. Okay, so that was Louis Farouk's Altered States, Love Without Limits. Check it out on the iPlayer. I'd recommend it. Go go watch it. Um, thank you very much for listening. All the stuff that Rick said, subscribe, like, share, especially the share stuff. That's very handy for us. Um, send it on to a friend who you think would maybe like to watch a documentary, but they just don't get round to it. And they can download this, listen to this in their car when they're driving wherever they're going. Or if you're one of, Maybe as an idea. If you're one of the many people that uh, Matthew Wills has helped move house or done some ridiculous, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous kind gesture that no one else would, and you know no one else would have helped you with whatever it was that Matt fucking helped you with, just just share the fucking documentary, all right? Because I've, I've, since getting to know this guy, he is honestly like Bill Murray in the end of Groundhog Day, where the whole town knows oh, thanks, him man. and has something to thank him for. Thanks. I don't know. I'm creep- very sweet. I'm trying to work out your motives for don't don't thank me just yet but uh, <laughs> but yeah, yes I, I haven't worked out my motives either but in fact that's very nice of you to say so join us every week here at discussing documentaries say goodbye rick uh, thanks very much for listening guys and uh, yeah i hope lockdown twos went okay goodbye everyone i see uh when i see you i guess Ta-da. Ta-da.